Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 54, air date August 15th, Welcome, Vanakam, Namaste. 68 years ago, we were told that India got independence. In 1947, what actually took place was a transfer of power. Men who were white with crowns transferred power to brown men with white hats. But today we have an opportunity as Indians to renew our real sense of freedom. But we need to understand our history. What occurred in 1947 was not really Indian Independence Day but what really occurred was a transfer of power. In fact, when we look at the documents of Indian quote-unquote independence, it actually says transfer of power. After the Battle of Plassey in 1657, when the British occupied India, India went through a significant transformation. It went through a trading nation prior to that to becoming an occupied country. And what did that mean to us? Not only did colonialism rape India of its rich resources and heritage, but it did something more disastrous. It conveniently also brainwashed us, and it did that deliberately. And what was this brainwashing? This brainwashing was to convince us that we were merely valuable as workers. We could be all types of workers, good administrators, in fact, good scientists, good engineers, and good software engineers, but not innovators. You see, what occurred during those 300 years was a deliberate raping of the Indian mind and brainwashing to make us think that we are not innovators. So what we see today is, in 2015, and in the last three years, there's a huge movement to, for India to want to innovate. Innovation seminars, conferences are taking place nearly every other day in India. But what does innovation need, and where do we get the inspiration for that innovation? Most of these conferences and seminars and deliberations are looking to the West, and the icons are from the West, be it Bill Gates, be it Mark Zuckerberg, be it Thomas Alva Edison, essentially white American innovators. However, this type of iconic symbolism is, a, is fundamentally not appropriate for the Indian psyche because it, it is a new form of neocolonialism. And why do I say this? If you look at the rich history of India, which dates back 5,000 years, our people have been innovating for centuries. We were the first ones who innovated in the area of mathematics, physics, agriculture, and medicine. And what was the source of our innovation? Our source of innovation was living in harmony with the earth. It was designed for civilian life to live with coexistence. So our forms of medicine, our forms of agriculture, all came from significant consideration of the fact that we were part of something bigger than ourselves. However, 
though Western civilization has created some incredible technologies, most of these technologies and innovations, if you carefully look at them, came from war, came from the desire to dominate, and came from the desire to maim and kill. For example, let's consider the modern healthcare system. The modern healthcare system, if one actually looks at it, came out of the Crimean War to put a soldier back on the field. Obviously, after a soldier was hurt, destroyed, maimed, such innovations included surgery, antibiotics, steroids, and all the other things that we have been told are good for modern healthcare. However, when you really look at it, those innovations, such as that innovation of healthcare, is actually good after you get hurt, after a crisis. Now, let's contrast that to Indian form of healthcare, which occurred over thousands of years, called Siddha and Ayurveda and other forms of traditional medicine. These forms of medicine were developed not out of maiming and killing people, but learning how to live in harmony. However, part of this neocolonialism is not only to pr promote, in this case, their healthcare system, but is also diminish ours. In this effort, academics, intellectuals are constantly supported and financed to say that Siddha and Ayurveda and these types of medicines are snake oil or they're not appropriate or they're not validated, while at the same time promoting and disseminating Western forms of healthcare, while they are good after a crisis, have nothing to do with helping us in preventative healthcare. And in fact, most of their medicines have proven to be only have 10% efficacy. So that's one example. Let's consider another example which affects the entire global food supply. For thousands of years in the Indus Valley, Indians actually supported agriculture to, through learning how to farm through indigenous methods that lived in harmony with nature, without pesticides, without genetically modified organisms, and they lived extremely healthy. Prior to British colonialism, there were no landless peasantry, except for few leper colonies, as has been documented by point of fact in historical documents. However, after colonialism, what occurred in India was a complete attempt to degenerate our traditional forms of farming, and more recently, the effort has been to impose genetically modified foods. If you actually look carefully, you'll find out that the United States, as a quote-unquote superpower, dominates not by industrial exports, but dominates by agricultural exports. India, as an economy, 65% of our economy, 65% of our people for that matter, are in the agri uh, agricultural business. So he who controls, or those who control agriculture, control India. So this is why in recent efforts are being made deliberately and in a very, very systematic way to impose modern, quote-unquote modern, forms of agriculture, which are known as genetically modified foods, throughout India. And this effort is only escalating in spite of the continuing consensus among major scientists that there is no consensus on GMO safety. So when we really look at this kind of innovation that we are offered by the West, primarily if you look at healthcare, which affects our bodies, or if you look at agriculture, which not only affects our bodies but the entire ecosystem, it's funded based on war. If you really look at many of the agrarian companies or ag big agricultural businesses and you trace their roots, they come from pesticides, and those pesticides came from war. In the case of some of the companies you may have heard of, from war where you created poisons to dump on the Vietnamese people, which was then reused for pesticides, which led to genetic engineering. So what I want to share with you at a fundamental level today on Indian Independence Day is that we as Indians have an opportunity to free ourselves from this Western brainwashing, which may have nothing to do with our heritage and our culture. And that brainwashing is what we need to end today on August 15, 2015. That brainwashing ends by us looking within. 
the great rishis and sages of India, who were frankly the first scientists, asked us always to look within. Looking within means not only looking within ourselves, but looking within to our own cultural heritage, which has a far longer time period, thousands of years, an order of magnitude different than the last few hundred years, which points to the fact that we within India have our own innovations. We are primarily an agrarian country. We are primarily a country that depends on interdependency. Independence is good, but our peoples were based on living in collectives, recognizing that we are interconnected to ourselves as well as to our nature. So I ask you all today that on today, August 15, 2015, let's break our chains from this dependence on colonialism. Let us break our chains from, re from, from also recognizing that we, as a people, can look within ourselves to come up with our own models of innovation. And that is what freedom is all about. Thank you. I want to wish everyone a happy Independence Day today, August 15th, 2015. Thank you.